Appreciate it. As we debate where bonds sure. could go from here, one of my next guests warns that yields will shoot higher next year. Let's bring in Jim Bianco, president of Bianco Research, and Nancy Tangler. She's here on set with me, and she's CEO and chief investment officer of Laffer Tangler Investments. Welcome to uh, everybody. Jim, you can just tee things off here with what's becoming what was a consensus call maybe a month ago and suddenly is out of consensus, but you're sticking with this idea that uh, bond yields could yet go higher. Yeah, I've been uh, that way for three years, and I don't think that the um, the move that we've had right now is over. I actually think we're in a multi-year bear market in bonds. It started in 2020. Uh, usually, you get a recession or a down or a serious downturn in the economy because something breaks. Um, either it's spiking crude oil prices or a pandemic or a financial crisis or something like that. This time around, everybody thinks the thing that's going to break the economy is high rates. But more and more, the evidence is high rates are a drag on the economy. They're not you know, helpful in some areas, but they are helpful in other areas because of interest income, and I don't think it breaks it. So I think what we're going to see for the economy for the for 24 is what we saw in 23. We'll churn out 2%, 2.5% uh, quarters like we have been. I don't think inflation makes it all the way to 2%. We're going to have strong nominal growth, and I think that bond yields can probably see 5.5% somewhere in 2024. So the move down so far has been surprising and painful if you've been on the bear side like I have, but I still think the broader trend is still higher for rates. Nancy, you, it's one of these things with the macro where you could almost completely ignore it except for all of the extremes that we've been through. You know, even the bond move has been dizzying for a lot of investors. Where does it leave you kind of positioned into next year? Well, I certainly agree uh, with Jim's view in 2020. We, we argued then that uh, bonds were riskier than stocks. But now I'm drawing an analogy to the 1990s when I was not only alive, but I was managing <laughs> other people's money. And uh, there's, there's a lot of similarities. And you don't really need to see rates uh, go lower. We were at 5 to 8% on the 10-year during the entire decade. Wow. We don't need to see inflation go back to 2%. And I agree with Jim. I don't think it will. Uh, we were at 3%. There was an inverted yield curve, a soft landing, a war, a recession. I mean, there was just everything that you needed. And one of the most important things was the VIX stayed under 18 for most of the decade while the stock market roared. Mm -hmm. So I think we're slowing. Um, I don't know that we're going to get a recession, but I want to own those reliable growers going into a slowing economic environment. I was reading some trader commentary this morning, and the tech traders kind of have their head in their hands. Now, maybe today a little bit different story, but we haven't really seen the performance from the MAG-7, for instance, that we were able to rely on. Does that affect you you that much, or is that some take it as a healthy sign into next year? I, I think it's both. I think you want to use the weakness, the recent weakness, and if we get further weakness uh, to add to those names, because the generative AI total addressable market, I just gave a presentation on the fourth industrial revolution. It's the recent weakness, and if we get further weakness uh, to add to those names, because the generative AI total addressable market, I just gave a presentation on the fourth industrial revolution. You need to own these stocks in your portfolio. If the market broadens out, I mean, that's good for every portfolio manager because we have to be diversified. So I think um, our theme is old economy companies that are embracing the digital revolution, generative AI, cloud computing. 
that are embracing the digital revolution, generative AI, cloud computing, and then the suppliers of, of the tools you need to get there. But you're there. sticking with Microsoft, you're sticking with Adobe, you're sticking with Broadcom, names like that. Yeah, well, Broadcom's reporting today, so I'm going to hedge myself. If yeah. it goes up, it's one of our largest holdings. If it goes down, you want to buy more. It's the poor man's <laughs> NVIDIA, and I think you want to own that stock. Well, Jim, let me turn back to this discussion about bond yields, because in one of the things you described is that you're in this no landing camp. And certainly this year, the recession never came. <laughs> Just there were time yeah. we had the June rise in jobless claims that made it look imminent, and then that went away. We do have this rise in the unemployment rate, but if tomorrow's really strong, maybe that goes away. Um, so, how important is that that we just have a continually expanding economy in order for us to get you know bonds behaving like you describe? Well, I think that's central to the whole argument here is that the no landing camp is just an expansion. We just continue to expand on the economy. It's not the soft landing camp. I've been critical of soft landings because it doesn't have a definition. I don't know what exactly it means. And you could actually argue we've never ever had one, a soft landing. So if, if, the, if labor continues to show the strength that it has, 220,000 um, initial claims today is historically a very low number. We're still under 4% on the unemployment rate. Uh, it, then I think it really does augur this argument that the labor market is healthy. I think a lot of employees feel good about the labor market. That's why we've seen labor hoarding and we've seen a lot of turnover. The quits rate is still very elevated from where it was pre-pandemic, meaning people are willing to quit their job and take another job or quit their job because they're comfortable they're going to get employed. And if they're comfortable they're going to get employed, they keep spending. So I know we've always focused on excess savings, but I really think it's more about labor confidence that's got the spending going. And mm -hmm. that's why the economy confounds everybody by never quite making it to a recession, Steve? even though it kind of bounces around. Mm. So I agree with a lot of what Jim has said. And, and, and I think Jim is bringing a sort of economic view to the discussion that's sorely lacking among many people, which is that, hey, if the government's going to spend all this money on debt, it's going to be giving the money to somebody, and that money gets back into the economy. The other thing I think that Jim does well is this notion that um, everybody's been focused on this savings thing, and, and nobody's really been focused on the idea that so many people are employed and bring home paychecks as central to the outcome. The only thing I'd push back a little bit on, Jim, when I think about 5.5% on the 10-year, now maybe you're saying it just gets there. I'm just not sure if we end up being in an environment of, say, steady inflation in the 2 to 2.5% range. Not 100% sure why you would have long bonds at 5.5%. Maybe that's a long-term cost of funds or a real rate. Or are you saying, Jim, I guess my question is, that there's still an issue with the government funding this enormous amount of debt for which uh, uh, investors are requiring a premium in order to fund it? A little bit of all of the above. What I, the way I arrive at 5.5% is I think we're going to be at like 2 2.5% on real growth. That's what we were in 23, continuing into 24. I'm a little bit more hawkish on inflation. I think that the bottom on inflation is okay. around 3%. I'm talking core. Core is at 4 now. It bottoms somewhere around 3. Add those two together, and you're a little bit above 5. That's nominal GDP growth. That's inflation plus real Typically, interest rates should trade around the nominal GDP level. And yes, I'm going to put a little bit of a premium on it because of the big budget deficits and the amount of funding that we have to do. And that's how I arrive at 5.5%. Now, if the economy's weaker than I think, if inflation's weaker than I think, 
or the budget deficit or tax receipts come in stronger, I'll adjust it along the way. But right now, I feel very confident in that number. Does that, real quickly, Jim, not that we usually talk to you about your equity calls, but I mean, you are constructive on the economy. So does that leave you also bullish on stocks? To a point, and the point is, I think people have to recognize, Dr. Jeremy Siegel wrote a book, Stocks for the Long Run. He put out a new edition this year. Summarize it, the long-term uh, prospect for stocks is around 8%. If I could get five in a money market fund, I'm getting two-thirds of the stock market with no market risk. What is it going to take me to take that final leap for that final third? This is far different to 2019, when I was getting zero in a money market fund. I think the competition of higher rates is going to continue to be a problem for the stock market. That's why I'm in favor of stock picking. I think that's coming back into vogue now. Hmm. Peter Lynch can come out of retirement because we're no longer going to be picking broad-based ETFs. We're going to be picking individual stocks. Well, except that he would be coming out of retirement for 20 years based on how often we've heard that it's going to be the year that that, ma that, that matters. I'll right. give you the last word, Nancy. Oh, I, I, listen, I think the job market has start, started to show weakness. I also think the consumer is strong because most people all, are working, but also they spend out of their net worth. And the baby boomer generation has half of the nation's net worth. They are still spending. That said, we are seeing some cracks in labor. I think, I think we're going to uh, continue to see um, uh, industrials kind of bottom out here with the PMIs. And then I think you have an opportunity for a really strong market. So I would disagree with Jim on that. I do think you want to own stocks here, even uh, with a 5% money market rate, if he's right. Or even with a weak, you know, cracks in the economy that you describe, isn't yeah. that usually the time to get a little cautious? It is, but I think we're in a different, I mean, everything in, about this whole cycle has been different. And so we are working off of the pandemic um, excesses. And I think you have to step back and it is a stock picker's market for sure, which is why I think you want to be focused on technology. I think you want to own um, industrials overweight because they tend to do well as the PMIs are bottoming. And then I think you have to just um, pick great names within each of the other sectors. Based on our theme, we're buying companies that are using digitization to improve margins, uh, generative AI to improve product development. And so that, that's where we're making our bets. All right. McDonald's, Domino's. I mean, everywhere I yeah. look lately, they, these are examples yeah. of the ones trying to adopt it. We'll leave it there. Thank you all today. Thank we you. appreciate it. Nancy Tangler, Jim Bianco, and our own Steve Leisman. Now to the